Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome back to the BTR Boxing Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sean, joined by my compatriot, my third compatriot, I'll call you, Luke. As always, is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and get your insight and take on a lot of the fights that are coming up this weekend. Johnston's not available, so who else have I got on the list that I can call to? Well, there's none better than yourself, Lukey, so thank you for coming on and taking the time out to discuss the fights coming up this weekend. Right on, and I'm glad that didn't cost too much on PayPal for you to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll uh, I'll make sure I send that payment over uh, after the show. Um, but in all seriousness, though, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a decent week for boxing. You know, last weekend I enjoyed the sport and, and what the fights had to offer last weekend. I thought it was quite quite a uh, a light-hearted week compared to what we've seen over the past couple of weeks with Conor Ben and his drugs test and that fight falling through and then Tyson Fury announcing his trilogy with Derek Chisora. It's been a little bit downbeat for me as a fan, so to get a really good weekend of actual action in the ring and no major sort of travesties going on was nice. And then this weekend, we've kind of got something similar, really, in terms of some of the fights. And I think the biggest moment for me this weekend is the return of Vasily Lomachenko I think that's the moment I've kind of been looking forward to the most he's not been in action you know for quite some time now since he beat Richard Comney well nearly a year ago or so now so I'm really looking forward to seeing him back in the ring and you know with the lightweight division being so hot at the moment absolutely red hot you know it's going to be really good to see where he sort of sits after this time out of the ring and you know, his opponent, I don't know too much about him other than that he beat Jamal Herring in his last fight. And Jamal Herring at that point for me was slowly on the decline, or maybe you could say fastly on the decline, but he was on the decline either way. 
and he picks up this really good win and it puts him in line now and he's got this great fight against Vasily Lomachenko. So going into this particular fight then, Luke, are you happy to see the return of Lomachenko? And I suppose what I'm asking is, what do you think he's got left to offer this lightweight division? I think that it's pretty clear Lomachenko's going on a legacy run. He lost to a young fighter in uh, Teofimo Lopez. And I think at this point, what Lomachenko's goal is, is quite simple. He wants to fend off some of the young fighters to solidify his place as one of the best lightweights or one of the best fighters, not just of his era, but of all time. So I think that what's interesting about Loma is, whereas we're seeing kind of like, I, I call it uh, political, not business because business right if it's a boxing is a business the consumer is always right well the consumer is always wrong in boxing we're not getting the fights we always want so it's more political i align myself with boris johnson or i align myself with this and i'm going to stick to those hard and fast beliefs it's a self-belief system so what i find refreshing about lomachenko is he's kind of old school in the fact that a lot of modern fighters who get older don't want to give younger fighters opportunities Lomachenko seems more than willing to fight all the young fighters and to try to fend them off and make their rise to the top take longer. So I think that's where he's currently at in his career. I get the same feeling about Gennady Golovkin. I don't know if you do. I feel like Golovkin's a similar in a similar position where he, he would like to give, and he has done before, he's given younger challengers the opportunity to challenge him and knock him off his pedestal. I feel like, you know, they came from the sort of the same cut of cloth, really, when it comes to their morals and principles in the sport of boxing. And I think with Lomachenko, Lukey, it's, it's really going to be about, like, where does he go? What does he have left? Can he make this fight look simple for him? Or is Jermaine Ortiz good enough to actually make... Lomachenko look like he's getting older uh, physically and mentally in the ring and there's a lot of questions that people are going to have I think most people look at it and go you know Lomachenko easy victory for him but is it really an easy victory for him I mean Ortiz looks pretty good against Herring but how do you measure that against the Lomachenko it's, it's quite difficult when Herring obviously fought in lower weight categories again and was coming up very much like sort of Lomachenko's done but He's, he's solidified in this division now. So, I mean, how do you sort of make that comparison? Does it give him, Ortiz, more of a shot at, at Lomachenko? Or does it, is it just sort of, you know, lining someone up for Lomachenko to get ready for a crack at a, another young superstar in the division? So I'm not as worried about what um, the Herring fight, because that was just a fight and whatever. And or to me, that just showed that Ortiz could rise to the moment. The fights I'm looking to, uh, for Jermaine Ortiz, or when he fought Joseph Adorno, and he fought him to a draw as a B-side fighter. He got knocked down twice in that fight, but he was pretty dominant, and he would have won the fight without the two knockdowns. I believe it was an eight-rounder. But also, he beat Nahir Wu Albright, who in 2021 on my website, ITR Boxing, he was considered a prospect of the year contender. He was a guy that we were looking at. He beat him on Showbox with relatively low fanfare. What Ortiz brings is he's a big guy. He's a physical guy. And we still have to see how Lomachenko handles bigger people because part of the Teofimo equation was Teo bigger than Lomachenko. And Loma didn't get started because Teofimo was a lot bigger than him. Jermaine Ortiz to me is the first real test. I get, I guess Comey offered a similar type of size issue. So Comey's a real 40 pounder. I think what's interesting about Ortiz is he has the hunger to change his life. 
Richard Comey, in a sense, has been through a lot of hard fights, and he's more of a professional competing at a professional level. Jermaine Ortiz hasn't learned how to lose just yet. So he's entering this fight fully expecting to win. I expect him to fight a lot like Jason Sosa did against Vasilom. The only difference that I see here is, is Lomachenko's age going to affect him? Because the edge. But that being said, I think people are discounting the fact that Ortiz is a very big guy for this division. It's going to be interesting to see how this fight plays out. Like I was leaning a little bit towards you with your knowledge of, of the American fighters because you know we don't overly follow a lot of the American fighters me and Johnston have our own knowledge base of it but not as much as you that covers the sport in America up and down the country so it's great to get your take on certain fighters that we have a little less knowledge on and it's interesting you know the perspective you've put onto this fight now because it makes me start to wonder you know how this will play out because originally my thoughts going into this were you know, Lomachenko could make this look like an easy night for him against a guy that really hasn't fought anybody of note in this division. I mean, and, and that's not just being disrespectful to any of the prospects or any of the guys he's previously fought. But when I'm talking about names, I'm talking about names that transcend through the whole of the world as opposed to just one country in particular. So when you get a guy like Lomachenko, he's known around the world. You get a guy like Ortiz. It, it's, you get a lot of people in the UK that might know him through covering boxing in general, but then there's a lot of your average fans that just won't really know who he is and just look at him as a potential layup for Vasily Lomachenko, which is, is not the case quite clearly. And, and for me, it makes me think more about how this fight then plays out. And the questions that I was asking earlier about where Lomachenko goes in this fight and how it makes him look and where will it take him from this fight leads me to think that there are more questions that need to be answered and I don't know whether there's more pressure on his side to perform than there is on Ortiz who really comes into this the complete underdog I think the pressure's really on Lomachenko to put on a a display isn't it and show that he's still a force in the lightweight division and that age ain't nothing but a number and Lomachenko is one of the greatest modern fighters so I think that he fully embraces that I think most people are expecting Loma to look great to me this fight Jermaine Ortiz is a perfect opponent or a sparring partner to get you ready for a Devin Haney or a Teofimo Lopez he's the kind of guy you'd burst type of fighters so I think it's very clear they're assessing how Loma does against this type of body this type of size and I think another interesting thing to think about is they sparred each other for one of Loma's most recent fights I want to say the Richard Comey fight they sparred um Lomachenko so the Loma's last fight they both sparred each other. So I think that that works two ways. Loma knows what he brings, but Ortiz also views him as a human being and not as a mythical monster. So I think this is going to be actually a very exciting fight. I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to it. You've, you've kind of sold it to me even more than what I uh, initially thought about this fight this weekend. But I think one of the other side highlights and side notes I wanted to talk about for mainly our UK-based listeners is the fact that you've got some great prospects on the undercard of this particular show on ESPN+. So we know Robesie Ramirez because he's fought over here in the UK. So we're aware of him. Um, Duke Reagan is a fighter I've seen and I have started to follow over the past 12 to 18 months and then Richard Torres Jr obviously coming from the Olympics and has had three 
emphatic wins, I think. And, you know, in, in my eyes, I've saw them as emphatic and he looks like a, a great American heavyweight prospect. So that's kind of how I've perceived him at this moment in time. But he's very early on in his career. And obviously, it takes time to nurture these type of fighters. It's easy enough to put them in and let them blow fighters away. But then as the levels start to step up, we know that it's going to become more difficult and it won't find it as easy to put them opponents away. And then finally, another name on there is Nico Ali Walsh, who obviously has been widely, widely publicised because of his affiliation and his family link with Muhammad Ali. So, you know, there's a few good names that I'm aware of. Let's, Troy Isley as well. Let's throw Troy Isley, yeah. Yeah, yeah so there's, there's quite a few on this card that I think... If, you, if you're in the UK and you're looking to watch this particular card, it's definitely worth staying up for or taking a power nap beforehand and watching in the early hours of, of Sunday morning. So it's a, it's a good card. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing some of the prospects on show and obviously looking forward to seeing what Loma does. I mean, I anticipate Loma getting a decision in this fight. I anticipate going 12 rounds and him looking pretty good, but... You've given me a lot to think about talking about Ortiz going into it and how it could actually be uh, a, a more closely competitive fight than maybe what I'm anticipating. So, yeah, I think it's uh, it's definitely the big bigger fight of the weekend that I would say is the one that we, we should be really looking to tune into. But there's and quite someone's a- going to lose on that card. Someone's going to lose on that card on like one of the lose on that undercard for top rank for sure. So, what about the other cards then that are on this weekend? Like, there's some cards in the USA that I've been looking at and thinking, you know, there's some really good fights on there. And then the one that's being promoted out of all of them is Jake Paul and Anderson Silva. Like, I'm really interested to hear what you've got to say about it. Uh, Jake Paul, Anderson Silva, to me, is just another... Uh, Charade? Circus? Circus Parade? You know, there's many words in which I could use for this, but... You know, it's actually on the Antonio Neves and Alexandro Santiago card, but it's being put as the headline act on uh, Showtime on pay per view. I mean, what do you what do you make of this 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 whole charade? I mean, this is the first Jake Paul card that I don't have a ton of enthusiasm around. It's partially because there's a local fight, Paco Damian Paco presents boxing is promoting a show regionally. Enthusiasm for me to go see that. There's a WBA type title on the line. But there's so many fights that are happening. I'm not as interested in this fight because he's fighting a legend in the UFC, even though he's an older guy. This is the first one where this fight kind of, and I'll say why it feels like more of a circus, is because there's more boxing options. And I'm not as entertained by the idea of older famous fighter versus young guy who's worked really, really hard, takes boxing really serious. And stepping in, it's kind of a esoteric question of can a young kid who devotes his life to boxing that has a lot of resources, can he beat a 48-year-old legend in Anderson Silva? That question isn't as interesting to me as can he beat a recent MMA champion? Can he beat a guy who's a really good wrestler but not good at striking? Those were more interesting questions. When we start to do an age dynamic of older fighter versus younger fighter, it's just not like, let's look back at history. Larry Holmes, when he beat guy, that was not an intriguing matchup for me when that happened. Age is not something where I go, man, that's a, that's something I want to know. Does aging happen? Is aging real? Like aging, yes, the buildup for me around the aging process is not as engaging to me to, for this fight. 
I've not really been engaged with this fight whatsoever because I don't see any value in why Jake Paul would take a fight with a former UFC heavyweight, well, was he light heavyweight champion, middleweight champion? I can't remember off the top of my head. I think he was probably both at some point, but I know he's a middleweight champion, but it's basically trying to accumulate a resume that's very interesting, like fights. And I think another thing about Jake Paul is he's fighting better competition than some of the top 10 in the world based on his skill set of a level fight as Jake Paul can take with him believing he can still win the fight. So I think that he does get credit. I'm just not super interested because I just, I'm not drawn to um, wondering what the result of this fight is. I don't have any, man, I wonder, there's no heebie-jeebies for me. It doesn't do anything for me whatsoever. I think it's, it's a mention. It's a notable mention for... With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The fact that it's on this weekend, and if you're an American listener to the show, then, you know, you'll probably be aware of it. And I would probably say... I wouldn't pay for it, put it that way. I know it's on pay-per-view showtime, but I wouldn't I wouldn't pay for this. Absolutely not. There's no way I could justify paying for this. I mean, it's it's a shame, really, because obviously then you've got some of the prospects on the undercard. It doesn't really appeal to me when there are other cards on this weekend that I see as uh, more better-matched shows in, in general. And then, obviously, you know, I'm coming to the fact that I'm talking about the UK-based shows in a moment as well and, and some of the fights that are on there. But, you know, if I'm, I'm in America and I'm looking at the wide variety of options that there are in comparison to what there is in the UK in terms of boxing, it feels a little bit to me like, you know, I'd be certainly wanting to look the other way with something like this. I think if it was the only thing that was on this weekend, then obviously I'd probably want to tune in. To, to, to see the intrigue of what happens but I don't have any interest in, in sort of really seeing how it plays out because in my mind it's a, it's a mismatch of a fight anyway and whilst he's trying to build up some sort of very unique and varied resume until he gets in the ring and he's got a serious opponent in front of him 
and when I say serious opponent, I mean someone who is who is active, who is young, who is fresh, who is hungry just as much as he claims to be and in what he wants to do in this sport. And I think when he gets a serious fight, or what I consider to be a serious fight, then certainly that will make me prick up and want to sit down and, and watch what happens with intrigue. But at this moment, for this particular weekend... No, it's, uh, it's certainly going off my radar and I'm more focused on, obviously, the other fights that are happening. The Lomachenko one in particular sort of stands out to me as, as one to watch this weekend. But the UK-based fights this weekend then, Luke, we've got Jordan. Well, I think another Go thing on. I want to say is Jake Paul is going to be a world champion. And Jake Paul is more than like Jake Paul is going to be in the sport for a while. But I think the issue also is this is more of an entertainment undercard than a boxing undercard. We got a Avion Bell on it. We got a YouTuber named Dr. Mike fighting the fight fan to the table with this fight with pure boxers that we know. Another issue. Antonio Nieves versus Santiago. Um, Jeremiah Milton's fight. And then you have a slew of YouTube fights, essentially. Yeah, uh, well, at least you've pointed that out and made that sort of clear to anybody who's thinking about watching it because uh, it's definitely off my, my radar anyway. And as I was just saying then about the UK-based shows this weekend, I mean, the main one for us is at Wembley Arena, Jordan Gill and Kiko Martinez, uh, the EBU European featherweight title on the line in a fight which, if you're a Jordan Gill fight fan, then you'll certainly be wanting him to get this victory against an ageing, but seemingly drinking from the pit of Lazarus, Kiko Martinez, who seemingly is always coming back and bouncing back and always causing little ruptures in the world of boxing. And he's got an opportunity to do that once again. Jordan Gill's currently holding the EBU European featherweight title at the moment, which holds a bit of value here in Europe. It's kind of seen as like... If I'm comparing it to an American title, I'm saying like a like a Northern American or Central American title. It's kind of like you know, within that sort of region, really. Once you get to that level, from that level upwards, it's usually moving on to to sort of the world level again. And this is exactly what Jordan Gill's looking to do at the moment in, in this featherweight division by fighting a guy like Kiko Martinez, who regardless of, of his age, you know, look at the fights he has been involved in. You know, he beat Kid Galahad in 2021, caused a massive upset there in the UK. But then Josh Warrington beat him in emphatic fashion, earlier this year in their rematch so you know sometimes he can be quite a hit and miss fighter so really it depends on what Jordan Gill brings to the table and and I found him quite a hit and miss fighter over the years as well so I'm interested to sort of see you know what level it puts him at does he get a really good victory over an aging fighter or do does he you know does he come up short in a fight like this and if he does come up short in a fight like this you know it kind of makes me wonder where this this leaves him so to speak in in his boxing career at this point but that's 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 one of the main fights on this card but it's Katie Taylor that is the headline act this weekend in the UK as she defends the lightweight crown against Karen Elizabeth Carbajal, who, again, admittedly, I don't really know too much about Carbajal because she's actually fought pretty much all of her career in her home of Argentina and is not, to me, for anybody of note looking through her resume. So, you know, she's amassed this really good record on paper of 19-0 and and is challenging for all the titles in the lightweight division against Katie Taylor but yet Katie Taylor's at a stage of her career that I feel is this absolutely necessary and I'm not sure 
if this is just some sort of mandatory defence of one of the titles that she has to make. I haven't looked too deep into that, but it makes me wonder why would this fight be happening other than that? Is it just to tick her over for another big fight? Because I'm sure at this stage of her career, what's left for her to do now? Is it just big fights again? Is it just major fights? I mean, why would you why would you take this fight, Lukey? Would it just be to sort of take tick over? Or if it was a mandatory defence, would that be all it's for? In two points, for the Jordan Gill, we learn if he's actually a guy. We learn if he's a capital G guy or if he's just a guy. If he doesn't get by Kiko, it's like have fun getting to fight prospects in a couple of years. For Katie Taylor, I think this is a victory lap. This is her going to the the UK after a big win, a historic win. And this is probably one of the last times people will be able to see her and they'll get to show up and she'll be able to celebrate and maybe she can work to try to get a stoppage win in this fight or have a dominant victory. And I think it's going to be love and more of a Katie Taylor celebration and a thank you for her career. Makes more sense to me. Uh, I just haven't really looked into the depths of why the fight's happening uh, and just a little bit of ignorance on my part, I suppose. I mean, I knew she was fighting. I knew the opponent, but I wasn't really sure as to why. But that absolutely makes 100% sense that she would have this fight as a homecoming, a victory lap, and then she goes back over to the States and then she has another big fight, whether that's a rematch with Amanda Serrano, whether that's a fight with Chantal Cameron, whether that's a, another big fight in the division i just i just don't know sort of you know i don't really hear too much of what the intentions are behind the rest of katie taylor's career so i'm just intrigued more than anything as to whether she will try and move on further and look to try and challenge again up at a higher weight or whether or not she's just gonna solidify herself and take on sort of all challenges i mean the chantal cameron fight was the one that i think us for uk fight fans were wanting to see really because obviously them both being uh from the UK as a whole and, and Chantal Cameron doing well up at 140. I thought that would be a logical fight for these two to have. So I'm I'm kind of intrigued to see where her career does go after this. And I think she's, what, 35 now, maybe 36. So, you know, I can't see how she's got too much longer left. Yeah, I was like two to three fights left, I think. Yeah, for... yeah, yeah, that, that's this kind of... This is the last fight like this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, I wouldn't, you know what, I wouldn't even, like, begrudge her this fight. Like, sometimes I have... A problem with when a fighter would take a fight like this at a certain stage of the career but I wouldn't really have a problem with her taking this fight as a fan because at the end of the day she's just come off the back of a historic victory and you know to have this sort of layup fight so to speak or, or, or a fight that will be comfortable for her to win but will then still show that she wants to give the fans something back. I, I wouldn't have too much of a problem with it. It's it, the problem I have is when a fighter is at a certain level. He's like, you know, you you know, you can take a fight against a certain opponent, but you're just choosing not to. And I think I allude a little bit to like the announcement of of Bud Crawford and David Avenincian. Whilst I think that's a really really good fight anyway it's not the fight we want. And it's like, why is this fight not happening? Like, people are pointing fingers all the time, but why isn't the fight happening we, we want to see? I think that it just goes back to political capital, right? We're no longer a sport. We're no longer a business. It's political. It's Republicans, Democrats. It's this. It's Brexit or not Brexit. It's it's you, not me. It's, it's faith. Boxing is now faith-based. And people have faith and believe that they deserve numbers and this that and a third and i think the scary part is people are willing to pay fighters 
as much money as they should get for super fights as they get kind of standalone, less exciting fights. And that kind of hurts the sport too, that if a super fight makes roughly the same amount of money as a fight that isn't a super fight, sometimes those less exciting fights might be the one the fighter wants to take because they can make money and then they can maybe make the money again. But I think the major issue is it's obvious between Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford, they don't communicate well. So if a network really wants this fight, a network needs to facilitate a deal and needs to find some common grounds, or this is going to be the next version of Sergey Kovalev versus Adonis Stevenson or Riddick Bowe versus Lennox Lewis. It's going to be a great what if. And it looks like, honestly, to me, it's already there because I think if it was going to happen, it was going to happen now. And I think it's just missed. It's missed its window. Yeah, well, we've said this about many fights, haven't we, over the years? Some of them have eventually gone on to happen. Kel Brook, Amir Khan, Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao. Five, six years past the best, or what arguably would be the best point of their careers. And yet, this is where I would say this is you know, the prime position for these two guys to fight, and yet it's just not happening. What do you make of the actual fight then that, that is on the table now, though, for Crawford against Avenincian? Because I think this is a, a really tough fight for, for Crawford. Dangerous. It? Yeah. Dangerous. This is going to look at Avenincian like he's a bum. going to be like, I don't know who he is. Guys coming off a lot of upset wins, knockout wins, uh, basically playing with house money, no expectation to win, is the type typically look bad my first feeling was situation reminds me of the triller teofimo george cambosis thing where no one was excited and then the first round happens and we're like oh god we're in a fight for this because i know i'm not saying it's crawford i'm not saying spence one of these guys is going to lose a fight and this this is the way it's going is one of them are going to lose i don't know which one that person that loses is all of a sudden going to want to make the fight they're gonna be like dude let's make the fight and the other one's gonna be like no i'm too powerful I'm the most strong, powerful boxer ever. You got to see X and how much money I make. And I have all these cars and I'm powerful. I have people in suits and they come to my house and I order them around and you can't talk to me and you have to wait two years because now you're not powerful. And that's what we're going to listen to. And then we're going to have people talking about that stupid situation. Like that's actually boxing news. So, there's two things that we've not spoke about off the air and I wanted to do it on the air while people were listening and these are really just your thoughts more than mine because I've shared my thoughts with Johnston about certain things that have happened in the sport uh, from the UK perspective in the past few weeks. So two things, the first one being obviously Conor Ben and Chris Eubank and the failed fight and the drugs test and the issues with that. And the second thing is Chisora versus Fury, the third fight and the absolute dismay of us not getting the fight we really, really wanted. Okay, the uh, disappointing and dis- I hate the fact that they've gone silent on kind of what's happening. Where's the testing, all that stuff. It's like they've just gone dark on it. I think that Conor Ben now is a fighter who should be shamed and it's up to him to win his goodwill back because it's like if it's basically inexcusable for him to ruin that opportunity for Chris Eubank Jr. and all those undercard fighters and that moment for British fight fans. He basically made fight fans lose faith in boxing because it got all the way to the 11th hour and then the fight got canceled. And I did not like that Eddie Hearn was still trying to make the fight with a failed drug test. That was pretty despicable to me. For Fury um, Chisora, 
very uninteresting. I understand that Fury has to stay active. It's in the same realm of a Tyson, uh, Terrence Crawford versus Avanesian. Could be an interesting fight when we get there, but it's just it doesn't do anything for me. That being said, with Fury, I knew we weren't getting Joshua because the fight was too big of a fight. And when boxers are doing too much lip talking and talking too much, um, we never get those kind of fights. Big fights are made in silence. And when guys are saying, oh, talk to my management team, we don't talk on the Internet. Well, dork, you're on the Internet talking. That's like the the goofiest statement. Oh, I'm a big old tough guy. I'm not going to do this. I'll see you when I see you. You're not a tough guy because you're going to the internet. So we knew that fight wasn't going to happen, and that was just a way for both of them to kind of play off of one another and get either's fan base riled up to talk about a big fight and get a lot of headlines. Well, thanks for giving your opinions on that. It's really interesting of of the perspectives, which are very, very similar to ours, of course, and, and and when you listen to Johnston and he absolutely goes off on one of his rants, which we all love, by the way. A lot of our listeners love it when he goes off on a rant about certain things within the sport and he gets to be a bit expletive with it all. It's frustration more than anything that a lot of these things happen and it does make us lose faith in certain elements of, of what this sport is all about and, and the fundamentals of what it's supposed to be. It's just disappointing, but it's nice to hear someone else's perspective on it and how you perceive it there in America as to what you've seen. So it's, it's good that you've given the input on both of them subjects. And I'm pretty sure there'll be something else that'll come up before the end of the year's out. And I'm pretty sure we'll, uh, we'll have some engaging debates about where things lie within this sport. Um, but Lukey, I haven't got anything else for this fight week preview. Uh, probably just a little maybe roundup of any other US-based prospects from you that are fighting this weekend, more so for our US-based listeners that will be looking to tune in. I mean, obviously, Jojo Diaz versus Williams Peta on his own. That's a fantastic fight. I think that a lot of people are sleeping on how good Jojo is. I think Jojo is going to win that fight, and I think a lot of people are looking at him as the underdog. Troy Isley is taking on Quincy Lavalet, and that's a guy who fought Xander Zayas, comparable opponent. Duke Reagan's in pretty tough with Luis LeBron, who's a very big, tall guy. Look, Duke needs to tighten up a few things. It's going to be interesting to see that adjustment. Um, Tiger Johnson's always a fantastic fighter, and I think another one to keep your mind on Nico Ali Walsh fighting Billy Wagner. I believe that's a comparable opponent to Javier Martinez. I think all roads for Nico Ali Walsh's first big fight is Nico Ali Walsh versus Javier Martinez. Well, that's a pleasure as always to hear from you with what's going on with boxing. And obviously, well done to you for all your fantastic comments on your book on social media. It's been an absolute pleasure and a joy to see it unfold from the outside looking in and looking at the credit and, and everything that you've got for what you've done so far with the book. And I know you're undergoing book number two and book number two is going to be coming very soon. And we'll certainly do something completely separate on that like we did for the first one. Uh, but it's just really to make everybody aware that book number one is still available for purchase on Amazon, but book number two will be coming very sh- Looking forward to getting that and looking forward to everybody's opinions and thoughts, feelings and, and, and how people are sort of perceiving things. It's always really nice to see someone like yourself getting getting credit when they do something good for for this sport that we love so luke thank you thank you for coming on again it's a it's a pleasure as always and i hope you've enjoyed coming on the show i hope everybody's enjoyed having you on the show as they always do and if you have just let us know 
on social media at BTR Boxing Pod. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube. You can even find us on TikTok. All our audio posts go up on there too. So if you want to follow us on any of them platforms, you can do that. You can follow Lukey at Lukey Boxing on Twitter and you can follow his YouTube channel, ITR Boxing, and the website, itrboxing.com. Please do go and check out all the great stuff that he does on there. Fantastic work. Really enjoy seeing it. That's it for this episode. Thank you very much to everybody for listening and we'll be back next week for our reaction show and another Big Fight preview. Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.